What's up, everybody? This is Jake, the chattiest member of the Breakfast Ball crew. Um, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. We got a little bit of a different episode this week. So me and the guys talk about the PGA Tour, the U.S. Women's Open, which was an incredible event. It was very, very interesting. Um, and then we have kind of a special guest. We have Ryan, um, who is the creator, entrepreneur, uh, visionary behind Camden Golf, which is a, a fledgling brand uh, here in the Philadelphia area. And so he came on for an interview and we talked about all things golf, including sort of his history in the game, his brand, uh, and then some rapid fire questions um, that give us kind of an insight into his mind, the way he thinks about things. So it's really, really cool, really interesting. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it's something different for us here, and um, I hope it's something that uh, all of you guys enjoy, and uh, hopefully we'll have some more of these for you on the way, okay? So enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, later on. Oh, shit. Here we go again. What's up, ballers? We're back. Episode six. Big episode this week. We got a little... Bonus coverage coming on the back end of this, a little interview we'll be talking about here in a few. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to get into all kinds of stuff. Our week, it was a big golf week for us. Uh, a lot of great viewing throughout the week. We had some two really good tournaments uh, and then also the NCAAs. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, let's just introduce ourselves like we've been doing recently. Um, this is Jake speaking right now. What's up, guys? Dougie's here. Friends. Friends, friends, Vince is here. A lot to cover. <laughs> we do. We got a lot to cover. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's chat about the weekend rounds, boys. You, you guys got some uh, some golfing together, which is cool. I always like it when you play together. We get a sort of a dual perspective. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dougie. Uh, yeah, so uh, big weekend for me. Um, I was actually able to play two rounds. Uh, got out there on Friday with uh, Tom and JR before work. Uh, teed off at like 6.20 and played early. Um, played the lakes at Wildcat, which um, was fun because I haven't played on the lakes in a while. We've been playing a lot of rounds on the Highlands um, just because it's kind of tournament season down here in Houston. Um, you know, it's getting pretty hot, so it's kind of the end of tournament season. But uh, played on the lakes. Uh, course is in great shape. Um, shot 76, so four over. Shot one over on the front, three over on the back. Uh, played pretty well. Um, actually tied with Jr. had a five footer for birdie on 18 to beat him and missed it. But, uh, yeah, fun, fun, overall fun day out there. Um, for those of you that don't know, we haven't talked about the lakes too much. Just quick recap. Obviously there's two courses at wildcat 36 holes. There's 18 as the highlands, 18 is the lakes. Lakes has water, obviously name in it. It's kind of, once you get to hole number seven through about 13 water on every hole, um, it kind of goes around the lake there, uh, par 72 and, um, a couple great holes. Number seven, number one handicap is a uh, dog leg, right? You have to carry the lake off over the tee and then on your approach shot in the green, uh, par five. So, um, yeah, it was fun. Made, uh, two birdies, uh, four over. Can't complain. Starting to hit the ball a little bit. And then Saturday, Played with Vinny. Um, we played a foursome. We played early again, 620 on the Highlands at Wildcat. And uh, played a little bit of a grudge match, Vince and Tom versus me and our boy Chris, who's about a 20 handicap. And Vince and I played – or uh, Chris and I played absolutely terrible for the first <laughs> seven holes. I was six over through seven or five over through seven. Vince and Tom were up uh, three on us through seven. 
And then Chris got up and down for a three on number eight, which is a good little par three on the Highlands. And then uh, I had about 100 yards in on uh, number nine, which is a par five. I'd hit three wood down to, you know, in front of the green area, maybe 80 yards and took a little wedge shot, lobbed it in there. And lo and behold, dunked it straight in the hole for Eagle. So made the big bird. It was fun. Made a little momentum swing there. And then we went on to uh, win the match actually on 18. So it was a good little match from the four of us. Great day. Everybody played well. Um, Vince and Tom both shot 80. Uh, And actually we found out that uh, Tom had about a 35 footer on 18 to beat Vince by one that he lipped out. So it was was pretty funny. Uh, (laughs) Little match there. I shot uh, three over, so trending in the right direction now. Finally getting it together a little bit. Uh, we'll see if my game can travel. I'm uh, supposed to play out in uh, North Houston with uh, Tom and his buddy uh, this weekend. So looking forward to that. Nice. Vince, you got anything to add to that? I mean, I feel like you gave us the full uh, ESPN recap there. We got, we got all the highlights. You got the long recap. Um, no, you know, Tom played well. I, here's a, my only – thing i was happy about was though i didn't shoot 36 on the front again i had a be- better back nine so I, I shot 39 41 um with three birdies and three doubles so nice yeah, you yeah, well. tough, tough to see the doubles on 17 again ruin my round another round in the 70s but you're putting uh, lights out though right now yeah, yeah putting really well um, i hit three bad t-balls actually uh, which is the worst I've. I think it was the Whoa, worst I've that's really ball rare. in uh, in a few weeks. So I don't know. I think once I figure out how to play the back nine a little better, I'll have some good rounds out there. But until then, I'm still gonna stand by. Uh, I like the lakes better. Just put me on that course. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, three bad tee balls from you seems like uh, seems like a lot because you you drive it on a freaking string most of the time. Um, so yeah, I had an incredible weekend. I'm not gonna lie, it was ridiculous. Woo! I felt like it was an out. out it's of on fire. Weekend. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's been busy. Uh, I didn't get to like watch a lot of golf this weekend, so that'll be interesting. I watched some. I mean, I didn't get to watch as much as I'd like because we found out Friday that we got a house, which I think just like was like a weight off my shoulders because we've been looking for a house for a long time. And uh, I went out Saturday. I had on the the uh, Bonobos printed shirt i got the bucket hat on you know going out full swagger and just shot a blazing 74 which for me is like unreal i was three under through six and uh this is that metric every- Jake? sorry i didn't hear you yeah it was that metric. It was at metric. Okay. so i was three under three under through six and i birdied two of the toughest holes on the front three and six are both very very tough and uh oddly enough my the i got a i doubled seven which is not a hard hole and the way it happened, this is a true story. We were going from six to seven. I just made this incredible birdie on six. And um, I get to seven, and I hear all these geese squawking. What the hell's going on? <laughs> they're up, up on this tee box, and they're all squawking. And I'm like, this is so weird. So I realized that there's a goose. There's, like, some, um, some like, lilies and some, like, vines that are in the lake that, like, you know, like – vegetation in the lake and there's a goose stuck in them so the geese are like trying to get this other goose out as he's like practically drowning this is true why did you not record this because i was in the zone dude i was like how am i supposed to putt doug with this going on exactly it was like 
I'm talking, I was playing with my, my buddy Tyler and I was telling him like, man, this is, this is loud. And the other thing that actually made it worse was there was a goose that was standing like about 15 feet in front of me. So I'm like on the tee and I'm thinking, God, if you blade this thing, you're going to, you're going to kill this goose. So yeah, so it's just like goose right in front of me and I'm so worried about, about blading this thing, you know, and I'm standing over it. I'm, I'm going low at this point. So I'm getting a little nervous. Next thing you know, just block it right. Hit it up against like near the base of this tree on this bare spot. Make a double. Go to the next hole, three putt, uh, and that kind of derailed my round a little bit and shot even on the front, which for me is still really good. Uh, held it together on the back, played pretty good, and uh, you know came away only shooting three over, but par seventy one at Medford. And I wasn't gonna play anymore for the weekend because I was like, you, you can't play that good again. So we got, but we had a really nice day on Sunday. I went back out, played again. Didn't hit it nearly as good, but I, I chipped one in. I made a couple long putts um, and shot 78. So that was like my two, my best two-day stretch in, in a really long time was this weekend. So I was I was loving me some golf. Oh, and I played the second round with a cracked driver. I didn't. I can't even believe that my ping, which is now broken twice. So I was. Uh, yeah. Wait. So did you not see that that happened before the round, or you just you think you played with it the entire time? I don't know how long I played with it, honestly, because I didn't look at the face throughout the round, but I noticed that the ball flight was a little weird. And I was just like, you know what? You're, you're not hitting it as good. Maybe, maybe you're just not, you know, hitting it pure. And I was getting these like spinny ones where it would like get up in the air and kind of just die. Um, and on the back nine, there's a lot of holes where I don't hit driver. I hit three wood anyway. So I, I really didn't notice it until I went to the 18th hole. And I hit this ball. I mean, I thought I killed it. And I was like outdriven by, I don't know, 60 yards, which Tyler and I hit it about the same distance. So after the round, I was cleaning my clubs and I look at it and it's got this big crack in like a caved section near the toe. So, uh, yeah, could be getting a new driver, which is cool. I got, I got a, I'm going to get a replacement. So that's good. That's because you're um, not playing, you know, the superior manufacturers. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't no free ads here, so we don't the, have to the, mention who's superior. The flash face is just hot. That's all I'm gonna say. Pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, tough. Yeah. Other than Bubba, it's like pings marketed to men over sixty, swing speed under eighty. Well, Be perfect for you, Vince. <laughs> you know, that's I, how it hit the ball I, so straight. I, I lost, I lost a little weight this year, but maybe I gained a little swing speed. I don't know. Maybe I got some extra pop right now. Who, who knows? Love it. Um. So, all right. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk well, some some pro golf here. Big week in in pro golf. We had uh, Patty Cantlay, my pick, two woo! weeks in a row. People, two weeks in a row. I'm on a heater right now. Um, take the uh, the Memorial uh, with a win over. What was the What was the top uh, five there, Doug? It was uh, Cantlay at 19 under. Adam Scott 17. Keimer 15. Streelman 13, and then Leishman at 12. Uh, and then Vinny's boy Hideki finished in sixth at eleven under. I'll shout him out there. Yeah, yeah, Hideki. Uh, he had he had a few moments. Really quick before we get, I, I don't know how much you really want to spend on this. I, I think Memorial's a great tournament, but it feels just kind of like any other PGA Tour event at the same time. The decision by Keimer to try to go driver off the deck out of the rough over a creek. How do we how do we feel about that one? um interesting uh interesting play i mean he was trying to win he hasn't been in that position in a long time so i i I don't fault him for for doing that um i actually saw that he was he going into that on sunday when he had the lead he was two and oh in his career so it was the first time he actually didn't win the tournament after having the lead so um 
yeah, I think that, you know, just he hadn't been in that position in a while. So he was trying to win the tournament and, you know, I'm okay with it. A lot of those guys are, you know, over cocky. So if he thinks he can pull that shot off, you know, more, t- more power to him. A guy who hasn't won yeah. in five years. You think, you think he can pull that shot off? He's won two majors by like a large margin. And then he won a player's championship. I mean, it's not like the guy doesn't have the game. He's just been injured for the last two years, two or three years. Um, and, you know, he's struggled to get it back. And now he's starting to play a little bit. Yeah, uh, I kind of agree with you a little bit. You know, he he is uh, he's one of those guys where I feel like he gets on a run um, and he finds something. It's not usually with putting like I felt like this. I just I didn't have a lot of time to do like deep research like I've done the last couple of weeks, but. I looked at the stats and he actually was kind of doing it with the putter more um, through the first three days. And I feel like traditionally it's just like, a, like at Pinehurst when he went to Pinehurst, he just did not freaking miss. Like every iron shot was this like beautiful little cut and he could aim it left of whatever and, you know, spin it, keep it on those greens there. And this week it didn't feel like it was all that he was making a ton of really tough putts. Uh, and some long ones, and uh, that kind of kept him kept him in it, and and kept him in the lead. And you're right, Doug. Usually he's a, he's kind of that front runner guy, where if he's in front, he's not he's not going to lose it. So yeah. I, I was a little surprised by that. But I mean, how you know we got some really good young Americans. You forget that Cantley's like he used to be like a world beater as an am, and now he's 27, and I mean he's still a freak. He still hits it long, and really good player, solid player, slow player, but you know. So it was everybody else, I guess, at this point. Yeah, interesting. I didn't realize he was the number one world amateur for like 50 weeks in a row. And then he won yeah. like the uh, whatever the award is for the, the Jack Nicholas Award when he was in, in college or high school for best player. So that's pretty cool that he won at, at uh, Jack's place as well. Agreed. Agreed. I thought it was uh, interesting to like ask uh, Jack for some advice on like, you know, how, how to control your demeanor on the golf course he says you know sometimes he gets too serious which i think is a lot of the reason why people you know think that there's this reputation around him as this kind of like smug little asshole but you know maybe maybe not maybe we see a different side of him now you know two wins in two years uh, he touched the lead at the masters for a, a hot second so yeah i think that was i don't, I don't have much else on memorial Any, anything else from you guys nothing from me as much as i want to talk about hideki I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, so sad. Yeah, so sad. He made however many twenty something bo- uh, birdies and four doubles. Uh, Look, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Hideki just he he that ain't it, man. He just doesn't have it. I hate to say it. I just don't think he he ever will. But I mean, he's a great player, obviously. But I don't think he'll ever be where people thought he would be. Um, and I don't think he's going to ever be where the people of Japan like believe. He, they thought he was like the hope kind of thing uh, i just don't know um all right so keeping it on the we'll, we'll do the rest of the pj tour before we move into some other stuff next or this coming week we have uh rbc canadian open up north um planted a new course this year which is uh well not new but i mean they're going back to a course and they're leaving Glen abbey which isn't exactly the hottest spot they're gonna head to hamilton golf and country club so not as much um you know, course data for us to make our picks. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what, uh, what picks we have here. Doug, what, what are you going, who are you going with this week? So I uh, just add a little bit to what Jake just said. They did play the, actually the, I don't know if it was the RBC back then, but the Canadian open, 
um, from, I think, uh, 06 to 2012. So they did play there for a while. So some of the guys that have been on tour for a while have played here once or twice. Um, Vinny's boy, Scott Piercy, won there in 2012. And other other guys like uh, Jim Furyk have won there before. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and they have a pretty stout field, actually. Uh, yeah, it's Brooke, a good field. Brooks playing DJ, Rory, JT, Kuchar. Um, so, you know, five of the top 10, 15 players in the world playing. So pretty good field for the week before the major. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take uh, Webb Simpson. Um, he's got four consecutive starts in this top 30. Uh, and he hasn't played in a couple weeks, so looking for him to kind of bounce back here and uh, regain some form and, and play well at the Canadian. Cool, cool. Uh, I just real quick, I just want to jump in with um, before I even do my pick. I, you said something that made me think of uh, an important kind of topic. So you have Brooks playing this week, um, which is essentially his practice round for the U.S. Open. So a good indicator for what we think his game looks like. You have Matt Kuchar playing this week after that absolute bullshit rules thing he was trying to pull this week oh god it's terrible it, 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 rampant cheating in my opinion trying to get it, he even got to place that back in too which pissed me off but you got him so you'll see some maybe see some backlash there um do we want to make this kind of like a one and done thing where if you pick a guy you can't pick him again or are we kind of just doing our thing wow well if any might take that. scott piercy every week so i'm not gonna uh... take scott piercy this week <laughs> Okay, I'm just wondering. Um, but uh, all right, so I'll give you my pick, and, and we can, maybe off the air we'll we'll decide on what we want to do with that. I have just a feeling. This is not research based. I think JT is going to play really well this week. I think he's going to. I think the course fits his style a little bit. I mean, what course doesn't in some ways? Right. Um, but I, you know, some signs of life before the U.S. Open from him. I think would be great. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go JT this week. Surprising. Actually, he blew up too on, on Friday to miss, yeah, he did. Uh, which was kind of surprising. I think that's a little ring rust though. You know, he well, hasn't yeah, been out there yeah. all that much. That's true. So. Yeah. That's well, Jake, you kind of took that one from me, which is fine. Uh, I, I had two <laughs> picks in mind and one of them was JT. I think last <laughs> week probably comes out and plays with a little fear thinking maybe my race is going to start bothering me. Played sure. decent and then blew up Friday afternoon, which sucked to see. So as long as he's mentally through that and back, I think he's gonna play really well this week. Um, I'll let you ride with JT. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over and pick Brant this week. Sneaker. Um, notoriously, I think he has three top tens in the last five years at RBC events. Um, seemingly plays well up north. I don't know. Right. Let's see how he does. That's that's where I'm I going like this week. I think it's tough to say whether or not people are going to play well or not because we haven't played here in like seven years. So correct, right? I'm a big Snaz guy, though. I mean, his his game it does travel. He doesn't hit it super far, but he doesn't hit it super short. He's a great chipper, great putter. Uh, if he's if he's hitting it somewhat straight up the tee, he will be uh, he'll be up there for sure. I love his putting stroke. Okay. Too. Hey. Oh man, his putting stroke. I would love to putt with that much. Little pop uh, stroke. Yeah, that fearlessness. He's just like, let me just ram this shit in there. Like, I, I love that, but uh, I can't do that. Um, okay, so I think that I mean, it's been it's kind of like the lead up to the U.S. Open. I think next week will be kind of like the big PGA Tour chat, uh, getting ready for um, the USGA's first championship for the men. Um, all right, and then I I think the best event of last weekend was the uh, U.S. Women's Open at Country Club of Charleston. Uh, I watched 
not a ton of golf this weekend. And what I did watch was mainly the women's open. Uh, I just want to get some of your guys' thoughts on it and then I'll give you a little bit of mine. Uh, did you watch any of it? What did you think? Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I, I watched um, pretty much the entire round yesterday. I watched a little bit on Saturday. Um, I'm a big Lexi Thompson fan, so when I saw that <laughs> Lexi was uh, in the mix um, going into Sunday, I, I tuned in and watched. Um, I think that you know, for, for those of our viewers that are, are mostly amateurs, it, it's kind of a different perspective than the men. Obviously, the men just pound the ball. And, you know, they're taking wedge out of the rough and hitting it to 10 feet every time where the women are playing more of what I would call an amateur's game. You know, they're hitting it. Well, you know, Lexi hits it pretty far, but most of them are hitting it, you know, 250, 260 off the tee. They're having to hit some hybrids and longer irons into greens, which, you know, the men just really don't do. Um, so it, it's fun to watch more of, uh, you know, what we, what we play on a day-to-day basis game. And sure. um, that golf course looked, looked ridiculous there in, in Charleston. Um, and the first three holes were really exciting. The whole tournament was exciting, but to, you know, there was a bunch of people at the top of the leaderboard. I think there was two people at seven or one person at seven, a couple of people at six and five. And after three holes, everybody had made three bogeys in a row basically. And there was just 15 people, you know, at four or five under that could have won the tournament. Like I think Jarena Pillar Pillar was at five under and I think she looked up the leaderboard on 15. She was 10 holes ahead of everybody saying, oh, my gosh, I'm, I can win this tournament. And she got nervous. She made two bogeys coming in. Everyone else was making bogeys coming in. Um, it was a, it was an exciting tournament. I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, that golf course will probably be on the men's um, ballot come here in the next 10 years or so because that golf course was just really challenging and everything that, I think the USGA looks for in a golf course. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Jay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up, but I know you have a lot to say about it, and I think we should definitely talk about how the event was televised to everyone. Um, and I think I'd like to hear your opinions on how that can travel into the men's. What What can you take from that and translate it over to the men's? P, you know, the PGA events. Can they do the similar broadcast for every PGA event? Yeah, I think um, I think that's an first of all, it's an incredible question to bring up and or, or point to bring up. The co- like to do a coverage the way that they did it um, to show so much more golf, to cut commercials, to not be attached to sponsors. Look, I wish it was possible for the PGA Tour on a week to week basis. It probably isn't. But it won't happen. It, it, it will never happen. But I think I think if if the governing bodies are smart, they start to move to that more on major weeks because it feels appropriate to me, right? You're beholden to that at the PJ Tour. Sponsor money is massively important. It's what runs the place in a lot of ways. But on major weeks, let the focus be golf. Like Fox did an unreal job. They had brad faxon and joel clatt doing like a hole by hole like this this hole's modeled after this hole on this golf course because uh, country club of charleston is full of template holes which are essentially just holes that have been uh, repeated time and time again because their strategy works on many different levels um so they showed you the reason behind that unbelievable you like joe buck out there i i don't really care i think he's fine I mean, 
Faldo's a joke, so I don't need him. <laughs> uh, you know, and Nance, I, Nance is fine, but like he also, to me, during the Masters, great. On a week to week, sometimes he doesn't do it for me. I, I don't know how else to put it. Like I like uh, Terry Gannon just as much, in my opinion. So it's yeah. like. I don't know if the commentator makes as much of a difference. I, I love that Fox has Shane Bacon. I like hearing a young guy with a younger perspective sometimes. Um, but I thought they did a, a ridiculous job coverage-wise. You got to see some stuff that you never see. And I love Doug's point, too, which was actually what I was going to kind of bring up. I think the women's game on a really good golf course equates more to our everyday game. Um and it makes the viewing a little bit more enjoyable because you're seeing them do things that we kind of do. Now, obviously, we're not as good as them. We don't hit it as straight as them. We don't putt as well as them, chip, whatever. But, like, the the strategy, the things that they had to do were all things that I think we think of when we play our golf courses, which aren't necessarily 7,500-yard, um, rough up to our ankles kind of things. You know, And when you watch the men's game, that's what it is, you know. And I don't know how you guys felt. I'll just throw this one out there. What do you think is tougher? Miss a green and uh, you're in high rough, maybe two or three yards off the green, or you miss a green and the ball runs 15 or 20 yards away. What do you think is tougher? Yeah, so I think that the rough is probably a harder one because when you're there was a few times actually for the women, I think it was on 16 or 17, that they're – a couple of them missed it like three feet off the green on the rough. And it was just so thick that, and it was short sighted that they couldn't even get it within 20 feet of the green of the pin, which, you know, makes it so hard because it's either you go for this hero shot where you try to hit like this flop shot, like 12 inches to where it lands right in the rough and then rolls out onto the green. But you're probably 90% of the time going to leave it in the rough doing that. Or you just play safe and you hit it 25 feet by and try to make a putt. Um, you know, I think I, I prefer that. Yeah. Cause when I, when I was watching the coverage of the women, I actually, okay. So I, in my opinion, I thought that the, the men, uh, at Memorial, right. They missed a green. They had like an E like not an easy, but they had an up and down from long rough where they were close to the green. A lot of times when the women missed this week, they just got like fully ejected off of one of those slopes. Cause all of those greens, uh, uh, had like some mounding to them. All of them were elevated in some way. So like, on 11, if they didn't get it into the flat of the Redan and let it run, um, the ball would come off that false front or go into that back bunker, and they like legitimately had no shot of getting up and down. So I guess that was just like one of the things I, I realized or, or was thinking about strategy-wise was like the men's game doesn't ask them sometimes to do as much in terms of creativity, but I felt like the women had to hit it into banks and, and roll balls up there this week and, and do some stuff that we just uh, – we don't see on a week to week basis. So I thought, I thought, I thought it was awesome viewing. I mean, and that course, I wish that course could be in play for the men, but I don't, I don't think they could ever pull it off with how short it is. I mean, guys would be just driving, driving greens on certain holes there. So I will, how firm it, it would be. I will add that, uh, I, the Fox did this last year that they had the unlimited coverage and they just did the commercials on the side, like the women do. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that they're going to do the same thing, but I agree. There's there's too much sponsorship money in the PGA tour um, from you know American Express and all those people that it'll never happen. Um, you know they've they've started to do it a little bit where they you know every other break they just do the side commercial 
um, you know, with Aflac or whoever it is. So the PGA has gotten a little bit better at it, but it'll never be a full-time thing. They're always going to have to have commercials. Um, but, you know, the PGA announced that they're doing what that new uh, TV deal coming up next year, I think with the streaming service. So you'll be able to get right. more things. You can, you can shot trace all of your players on every hole. So there's, you know, they're adding tools so that people can view the game. Um, and I know some people get, annoyed because when tiger's on you only really see tiger and a couple other people um so it can go both ways i guess but uh the pga tour is slowly getting there they're adding some new tools uh fox is already there because the usga just doesn't give a shit um which is why their golf course setup is so hard because they want it to be a true test for players which i appreciate um so i think the game is headed in that direction now will the pga ever go that full no that won't that won't happen yeah agreed agreed um, all right. Last note I had here was for last week, last week's NCAA uh, championship. I, I did not get to watch a ton of this. I watched very little of it, but I know Dougie, uh, was glued for a little bit there. You got, you got some stuff to say on that, I think. Yeah. So real quick, just recap. Um, and, and I'll throw out that, I don't know if anybody follows the golf channel or not, but Ricky Fowler publishes a show. I think he did it in conjunction with Justin Thomas this year. It's the second season. It follows different, uh, college golf teams. Um, it's called driven. It's, it, I highly recommend it. It's really good to watch. You can see kind of what the, the college golf game is like and, and, and the atmosphere. Um, so yeah, they played, uh, the NCAA championship last week in Arkansas at the university of Arkansas golf course. Um, beautiful golf course. Um, it, it really turned out to be a true test. So what it is, is all these regions of teams, you know, get the top four teams that go in and they play a stroke play event for the first couple of days. And the top eight teams from stroke play then move into match play um, format, so where the you know they play into an eventual winner. Um, I didn't. I watched a little bit of the stroke play. The guy from Matt Wolf from Oklahoma State won by like a million shots, um, and I think Oklahoma State as a team finished first in the individual by like a record twenty-seven yeah. strokes or something crazy. It was it was unbelievable. Um, one of the greatest college teams of all time. Yeah, that didn't win it. So. Um, Oklahoma State rolled into the uh, quarterfinals, um, and then they also they so they beat um, uh, some teams that get in the semifinals. And the semifinal matches were Oklahoma State played Texas, and Stanford played uh, Vanderbilt. Um, the other four teams that got knocked out were uh, Texas A&M, uh, USC got knocked out. Um, and then the number two seed, which is falling, is falling through my my mind right now. But uh, final four matches were Oklahoma State, Texas, and then Stanford, Vanderbilt. Uh, the Vanderbilt Stanford match was a complete blowout on Stanford beating uh, Vandy until like the last five holes, where two of the matches from Stanford went the other way, and Vanderbilt actually ended up pulling them out. And then this guy that was down like four or five holes with six to play from Vanderbilt came all the way back to where the guy from Stanford actually had to make like a 15 footer on 18 to send Stanford to the finals. So it ended up being really, really competitive on the back nine where the front nine Vanderbilt had some, some, some pretty big deficits to Stanford. Uh, and then the other match was kind of was the juggernaut match, which was Oklahoma state. Who's the number one seed. They've won four times this year. They've got three first-team All-Americans on the team, um, USAM champion in Victor uh, Hovland. They've got Matt Wolf, who's like the number two amateur. Um, one of Gankus's guy got a ridiculous swing. 
Um, and then Eckrote, who actually just I saw qualified for the U.S. Open today and one of the local qualifiers. So crazy talented team. They went up against UT, who is pretty um, a pretty team full of underclassmen. They've got, I think, two freshmen and two sophomores on the team, and then they have one senior. Um, and UT actually ended up pulling it out. So Matt Wolf got beat by a freshman from Houston. Um, who goes to UT five and four, four and three. You know, I think Matt was a little tired. He played a lot of golf, but guy played fantastic. University of Texas, a lot of, a lot of credit to them. They beat, um, you know, all these talented guys from, from UT, but um, the ending was also very, very tight. So the guy from Oklahoma state um, had a a one-up lead on 18. They both hit it on the green. Uh, Eckrote had probably, uh, 30 footer that he left about four feet short actually. And then the guy, the senior from UT drained a 15 footer to put him in his sudden death playoff. And then on the first hole, um, actually sad to see the guy from Oklahoma state three putted, did a full rim job on his last putt, but uh, really exciting. The team atmosphere was great. And then Stanford went on to beat Texas in the finals three and two, um, but it really wasn't as close as the score indicated. So uh, you know, great week for college golf. I don't know if anybody ever watches that or not, but I highly recommend you doing it because the, you know, the team match play atmosphere. I know we've talked about it a little bit on other episodes, but uh, I really enjoy it. You get to see, um, you know, s- similar to the, the girls game, guys are carrying their own bags, using push carts, no caddies. Um, so it's more of a raw game and uh, the, the coverage has gotten better and better every year and they did a great job uh, covering that on golf channel. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so shout out to them. And then, Hopefully the Pokes will get back to the uh, national championship next year. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's um, I I, I think you're right about the. It's a cool event to cover. It's a great event to watch. Um, they, I think the format should change a little bit. I think it's unfortunate to play stroke play all season, right? And then have an individual champ that's determined by a stroke play, and then have a team that's uh, determined by match play. It kind of, I don't know. It, 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 I love match play. <laughs> make it all match play. I don't give a shit, but you know, pick one or the other. I don't think it's very fair to have what clearly is the best team out there. Um, who just demolished another, you know, the other schools in, in stroke play get wiped out in, in match play. I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an awesome event and I, I do love the coverage. I think golf channel picking that up has been incredibly, incredibly smart, but some of those guys are going to be studs. Hovland, ridiculous. Matt Wolf is going to be a freak. Uh, Ekro great. So, like you said, it's, it's a good look at the future, too, which is nice. Yeah, it's fun to see those guys because, you know, I remember watching, you know, the college championship a couple of years ago and now seeing those guys on tour, which is fun to watch, right. you know, like Bryson DeChambeau and all those guys. So um, fun to get a little bit of familiarity with them. I do agree. I think that the stroke play is great. You know, Matt Wolf won it hand in hand. But I think that they need to have a break, a day or two break in between the stroke play and the match play events. They can use the stroke play to get teams into the match play. But you know, they, they they basically end up playing like seven rounds in five days once they get through, if you get all the way to the finals, which is just so much golf. It's kind of how the web.com finals used to be. It used to be seven rounds in four days. So um, it's it's really tough, a really tough test. And it ends up being more of a mental thing than people are actually talented because they're just so wiped. But uh, it is fun. And I, I encourage people to tune in, you know, next year when that, that it comes around. For sure. Jake, what do you what do you got for us next? You got a little little guest star coming on out here. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, 
we're got, we got an interview coming up. So uh, stay tuned at the end of our little chat here. And uh, there'll be, there'll be an interview with uh, Ryan who started his own company called Camden golf, which is kind of like a little boutique golf brand um, close to me here in Philly. And uh, he's going to kind of, he's going to chat it up with us for a little bit. So uh, kind of stay locked in for that. Should be pretty good. Hey ballers. Me again. Just wanted to take a second between the end of our uh, chat and Ryan's interview to remind you to follow us on Instagram at the breakfast ball pod and to subscribe on Apple podcasts, breakfast ball pod, all one word. Thanks again. And enjoy our little chat with Ryan. All right. What's up? We have um, Ryan here from Camden golf. He's kind of the uh, entrepreneur, creative mind, business owner, whatever you want to kind of call it. You can, you can tell us what it is, right? Um, He's going to kind of, you know, just chat with us for a little about some different things around golf and around his company. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Introduce yourself. Uh, hey, my name is Ryan, Ryan Dick. Um, from South Jersey area, Collingswood, New Jersey, originally right outside of Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I started playing golf when I was like 16 years old. And, you know, you know how you get the golf bug and it just kind of oh yeah, <laughs> snowballs from there. But, yeah, I mean... It's kind of been nothing but golf since then. Nice. And uh, like, where where do you play out of anywhere in particular, or you just kind of play all over the place? At the moment, um, I'm a free agent. I was nice. spent the last three years at Burlington Country Club, three years before that at Merchantville Country Club, um, and looking forward to probably joining Little Mill. Um, at some point in the near future, all of my college buddies are all over there. So we try to get some good matches. Um, yeah, just good competitive golf over there. I like it. Yeah. You'd be right down the road. I'm a, I'm a member at Medford Lakes this year. So you're, uh, I love oh, nice. I play over there every now and again. It's a good spot. Yeah. I've played it um, maybe four or five times, but it's, yeah, it's a great course. Yeah. It's nice to have three nines too. It doesn't ever really get crowded. So that's, that's always a great thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, Tell, just tell me something about Camden Golf. I think it was, you know, for me, it's kind of weird. I, I wasn't like searching out anything out. Um, I was just like on Instagram one day and saw this little thing popped up, pop up Camden Golf and ch- checked it out, followed it um, because it was kind of in the same vein as like other things that I kind of enjoyed uh, about, you know, the, the history of the game and some vintagey sort of ideas and styles. Um, yeah. Just, you know, tell us a little bit about kind of where that came from and, uh, sort of what that is right now. Yeah, so, um, and you mentioned it a little bit when we were talking a little bit before, but, um, you know, I started to see some other businesses, specifically like uh, Sugarloaf and uh, Malbon Golf specifically. Um, And I kind of just wanted to, you know, kind of start my own version of that. It's kind of like, at this point, my creative outlet just kind of, you know, all the stuff I make at the moment is just kind of for me to begin with. And then, you know, if other people like it at that point, then, you know, that's just a bonus. But, you know, I wanted to wear hats that, you know, had logos that I wanted on them or, you mm-hmm. know, T-shirts that I wanted on them. So I just kind of started making stuff for myself, started, you know, putting them out there. And then, you know, that goes along with kind of like you were saying, the uh, the vintage vibe um, kind of a big fan of the old school type of golf, you know, Jack Nicholas, Ben Crenshaw, Seve Ballesteros, those are kind of some of my favorite players and players I look up to and, you know, try to emulate. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it just kind of started with, you know, a love of the game and then trying to, you know, bring something creative into the world through that, basically. Yeah, I think um, one of the one of the interesting things, too, for me was. I well, So people that listen to this pod maybe don't totally understand kind of the relationship, but if you're from this area, the, you know, the name Camden or the, the city of Camden doesn't exactly like sort of ring true as this place where, um, you know, a, a lot of people associate with golf or, or associate with being cool. Mm-hmm. But I think what's neat is, you know, it is a place for those of us that are local that people, you know, know is trying to change its perspective and change its identity. And so I, I remember thinking that that was really cool too, that it wasn't like Philly centric it had this sort of other vibe that felt more um, at home to me in some ways. I thought that was a really interesting uh, idea that way. Yeah, and that that came about through, I played um, my college golf at Rutgers Camden. And we kind of always had that, kind of like what you were saying, most people don't really associate Camden with golf, maybe almost the opposite. Um, But we kind of, that was kind of, we were one of the better teams, sports teams that Rutgers Camden had. Um, you know, the two te- or the two and a half years I played there, um, we set most of the school records and we, you know, had some really, really good teams and some really, really good players. Um, and it was kind of always that kind of paradox of, you know, we're golfers from Camden and we're actually pretty good too. We're not just, you know, going out there and hacking it up. Um, right. so that's kind of where it all started for me, you know, using the, uh, the city of Camden as kind of the, you know, the, the center around it all. Now, um, was, was the sort of, uh, cause like the other, the other thing that I, I loved and we kind of mentioned it before you kind of mentioned it before was this, this aesthetic, this sort of branding. Um, is that something that you went to like school for, were you into marketing or did you just kind of say, you know, like this, this is my vibe, like Ben Hogan and black and whites and this, this like vintage look that we've talked about, or, um, you know, was that kind of like a calculated idea? Uh, to be honest, it's actually, it was pretty organic. I mean, I, just kind of started posting. I remember, I think the first, I don't know, maybe 30 posts were in all black and white and mostly all, you know, vintage old stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, old players and whatnot. Um, And I kind of just took it and ran with it from there. I mean, that's just kind of, again, it goes back to, that's kind of just the stuff that I liked to begin with. Right. So I was just kind of posting pictures that I liked. Um, I had some good conversations with the owner of Malbon Golf, kind of like a couple weeks into when I started it. And he gave me some inspiring words. Um, and that's kind of, I've kind of tried to model a little bit of what, what they've done as far as, you know, making golf cool and, you know, doing kind of things outside the box as far as, you know, what traditional golf is all about. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's definitely something that, you know, it, it, it's happening and it's happening in these small pockets. You know, you brought up, I, I feel, you know, Sugarloaf has grown to such a sort of a bigger thing and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing what it's grown into. It's very, very cool. I remember it in the beginning and I, I kind of can't believe what it is now. And yeah. I feel like all these little pockets are, are popping up and even some more locally uh, that I've seen recently. And I'm just like sort of stunned by how, you know, golf really is so small. And I think, uh, it, it almost, if you're really into it, it almost shrinks in on itself, right? You push away some of the, the masses, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you look at these other, uh, you look for quality, just like you do in any product. And it's interesting that you, you're starting to find it in these like smaller little boutique shops. I think it's really, really interesting, um, that it's kind of gone that way. 
Uh, let's see. So um, one of the other things uh, that I, I asked last, last week, and I, I'd be interested to get your point of view on this too, because I feel like I feel like in, uh, if you're playing golf in South Jersey, Philly area, you kind of are in this vintagey place. You know, you got a lot of older courses um, mm-hmm. around, and, and that's kind of what you're playing. But I asked uh, the guys, the other two guys in the pod last week, if you uh, found a magic lamp, you rub that thing, and out comes this genie, and you know, basically, you can have any three wishes that you want to change sort of the game of golf or golf in general, what would they be? I'm just kind of interested uh, for your perspective. Yeah. And uh, when you brought up that question to begin with, I kind of, I've had to put a little bit of thought into it because, you know, I love the game and I'm not sure that there was too many, I didn't have too many things right on the top of my mind that I thought I would initially change. Um, But going back to kind of what you're saying with the old school, you know, old courses, the vintage, stuff in the area that we live in um you know the first thing i think i would do is just you know if you could magically change some some of the golf courses that are already built and already designed i would probably steer them more towards the like how marion is shorter quirkier um you know hard fast greens but you know that you can barely stop wedges on um because for me the short game is my favorite part of the game and putting especially So, you know, just taking, you know, having to put all of your skills and all of your creativity into the short shots, I think that would make, you know, a little, some of the game more interesting and it could speed up play with the shorter courses um, and stuff like that. But um, the second thing I think I might do is, and I've thought of this before, um, is make it mandatory for all pros to use blades. I think it's kind of, yeah, I mean, I like that. I think it's kind of like cheating when you put an AP2 in Jordan Spieth's hand and, you know, it it makes their, you know, their room for error a lot lower. You know, these guys are so good to begin with that they should be able to hit blade irons if they, if they had to, but. I love that idea because you're a hundred percent right. I mean, these guys can hit anything you put in their hands. So when, when they're choosing a little bit of help, it's kind of an interesting thing because it really does make it even easier. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And the third thing was just, I think I would try to make competition more readily available um, and cheaper because I know from playing in competition, you know, myself, um, you know, playing in U.S. Open qualifiers or USAM qualifers, these tournaments cost $200, $250 just to enter. A lot of times you need to be a member of a private club to even get into some of the like, you know, gap tournaments and stuff like that. Mm Um, so just making, you know, a competition more readily available doing, you know, that's something I've actually wanted to do with Camden too. And I might do in the future is kind of hold some, you know, small time tournaments, just, you know, 20, 30 people, uh, maybe even smaller than that. And just kind of have, you know, more competition in general, just, you know, readily available. I know that when I'm playing golf, I enjoy it the most when there's either something on the line or I'm just out there and I don't care about anything and I'm not worrying about my score. So, and I know that people put, go out there a lot for fun, you know, on the weekends and everything, but I think right. adding that level of competition to it would make it, you know, more interesting for some people as well. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, an interesting point because, uh, when, when I answered with my three wishes, um, one of them was, I won't say it's related to your competition idea, but we don't we don't have the best municipal 
system in terms of golf around here, which is crazy considering how rich in golf history our area is. And I kind of said, you know, one of the things I'd like to see is more availability for for uh, juniors and also people who just don't know about the game to get into the game. And I think even one way to, to do that is to allow for sort of more competition to be open because there are people that are, you know, my age, your age, younger, um, they enjoy, you know, going to the range or whatever, but they might get really hooked. They might be really into it if they could relate it the way that they relate other sports, you know, playing matches, um, being involved in some sort of head to head competition, whatever that might be team competition, um, for sure. So that's an interesting one, but I, I agree. It is really expensive. And if you want to play gap, which is amazing, it kind of stinks to, you got to be a member uh, at a club somewhere. You got to pay your fees. So yeah, yeah that's... exactly. Yeah, I got held out of most of the gap tournaments this year because, like I said, I wasn't a member anywhere this year. So I right. got held out of the gap open and a lot of those other tournaments just because you know I would want to play in them and I can play in them, but you know, I'm not a member at anywhere. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a huge, definitely a huge bummer. I, I've been through that one myself. Um, all right, so I got just a little segment here. We're going to go rapid fire. So I'm going to give you like two things. Um, you choose which one you kind of agree with more or the one you like more. And you can expand on it if you want. You don't have to. But I'm sure some of these you, you kind of might have some feelings on. Uh, all right, here we go. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Walk or ride? Walking all day. Okay, if you're walking, carry or push cart? Carry no push cards. <laughs> oh man, oh, we might have to end this interview. I'm push cart mafia forever. No, I don't mind it, but just for myself, I don't know. I, okay. uh, years of college golf and competitions and like that, I don't know. It just I've always wanted to carry my own clubs. Understood. Um, spring golf or fall golf? That's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna go fall as long as we're not already into aeration season because I know spring is full aeration season that always bothered me the most i'm i'm with you 100 fall golf on the east coast you don't have as much time but it is the best it is all right um shoes spiked or spikeless this is an interesting one because i just got my first pair of spikeless shoes um last actually a couple months ago i guess so I, I, for me i guess it would depend on the circumstance but if i'm going to play in a tournament spiked all day Okay. Can I ask what spikeless shoes you got? Yeah. Um, I actually have, I just bought a new pair. They're new air quotes there um, of Under Armour Tour Tempos from a couple years ago. Okay. Um, and they're just like all leather. They're kind of like the old school foot joy ones, but they're a little bit more modern looking. And they're my second pair of them. I love them. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaning more and more spikeless like every day. Um, but they are, I, I know what shoe you're talking about. It's a good looking shoe. Uh, all right, Tiger or Phil? Tiger. As much as I love Phil, I have to go Tiger because he pro he brought me into the game the most. I think. Okay. Okay. Jack or Tiger? Mm, that one's really hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go Jack. I'm a big yellow guy. Uh, I wear yellow when I can, and just because I feel like most people would go Tiger, so I'll I'll go the opposite. I'll go Jack. All right. All right. Um... So another tiger question here: Tiger catching or breaking, or catching slash breaking Jack's record, yay or nay? I'm gonna say nay. As much as I would love for it to happen, 
I feel like this year's Masters was kind of like Jack's 86 Masters, and mm -hmm. it could be his last. But I think if he stays healthy over the next four years, he could definitely win a couple more. I don't know if it's going to be three more, though. Yeah, I like where you're at. And my, my fellow uh, Breakfast Ball crew member, Doug, is not going to like that. But uh, I, I think he, he I would love to be wrong. World. I, I would love to be wrong, too, but he lives in this world where he, you know, he is set that Tiger is like the savior of the tour. But eventually, I, I don't feel like he can be. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that one. All right, here we go. Music or no music on the golf course? Music. If we're just going out for just a regular round of golf, um, mm -hmm. definitely music. And that's another one I've kind of just started to bring speakers and stuff out to the course. And it's it, it's pretty enjoyable. I like it. Okay. Okay. Um, hot dog at the turn, other snack or no snack? Um, I'm a classic tiger peanut butter and jelly. Oh, sick. I, would, I love that. Yeah. I would pack like two peanut butter and jellies for every round of golf, every practice for every day. So that's, that was that and maybe a banana. Yeah. I go banana, but yeah, good call. Good call. Um, scrambles. Yeah. Your day. Uh, yay. Cause that's the only time I've ever shot. 16 under in a day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, for scoring, it's really, really fun. I like having the, uh, I like when a buddy puts it in the fairway and I can just kind of not worry about where my ball goes and know that I'll still be in a good spot. Yeah. I was going to say for, for me, scrambles are like a, a hard no, unless I know that it's just going to be like, if we're going to go out there and really just have a good time and like drink some beers and hang, then yeah, scrambles all day. But I've been I played in some scrambles where people take it really seriously, and that is sort of weird. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, definitely as a more laid back type of. If there's gonna if we're gonna be competitive, then no scramble. Exactly. Okay, good. I feel I feel feel you on that one. Um, firefication for the pros, yay or nay? So meaning changing the ball or changing changing the ball, changing clubs. I'm just saying in general, splitting the game between AMs and pros. Um, I'd say no, because I think one of the best things about golf is that, um, and this actually came into play based for me on Sunday, I took a friend out for, he'd never been out on a golf course ever. He'd been in the golf range, the golf, like the range, maybe four or five times. That's it. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm a scratch golfer. I'm pretty, I'm, I like to think that I'm a decent golfer and he tied me on a hole. I made a bogey. He made a bogey on a par three from the same tees. Um, and I think that that's something, you know, with the pros, you know, we can hit shots that the pros can hit and we're using the same clubs that the pros use. And I think that's part of what makes golf cool that, you know, anybody can play it at any level like that. Uh, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. I love that. Um, was, was your buddy pretty pumped when he, he bogeyed the same hole as you? He was. And we actually had a wager going um, <laughs> that if he made a bogey before I made an eagle um, or if just in general, it didn't have to be who got it first, um, that I would owe him $20 or he would owe me $20. And I actually had an eagle putt, like a 10-foot eagle putt two holes later, but I missed it, so I missed oh, my man. chance. Yeah. All right, last one I got. Short sleeve mocks, yay or nay? Yay. I mean, you, you have to go yay. Yay? Okay. I yeah. Like it. I mean, I like it. I'm not sure if I will ever own one, but... <laughs> Yeah, I can't rock it. Can't I'm definitely it. a fan of it. It looks good on Tiger. It does. All right, man. I 
we we like really appreciate you coming on. You got anything else you want to uh, you know throw out there? Any future plans? Anything uh, coming up for Camden or or any tournaments you're playing in? Anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just kind of trying to. I'm going to be trying to move into bringing some more products in, um, specifically uh, some Imperial stuff, some like tour visors and whatnot. Oh, cool. um, you know, I'm just, a, I just graduated from college though. So the money's a little tight and I'm trying to of course. work that up. But um, yeah, I mean, just kind of how I have been doing it, just playing it by ear and, you know, going with the flow, seeing what people like and what they don't like. Um, and yeah, I mean, just kind of going to ride the wave. <laughs> Love it, dude. Love it. That's awesome. Um, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, hopefully we can cross some paths here in the future and uh, and go from there. Yeah, of course. We got to get out and go play sometime. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's a wrap for episode six. I hope you guys enjoyed our interview with Ryan from Camden Golf. Be sure to give him a follow on Instagram at Camden Golf Co. Uh, and as always, be sure to hit your breakfast ball. <laughs>